This you boy. Scotty guy Tumblr. And I'm with Charlotte. Hey guys. We back again with another banger. <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> we yeah. always say that. We we always hope that it's a banger for you. Yeah, and since I was just to be like, oh no. People just watch like not to watch, just just listen for like um sixty seconds like we dip, this is not a banger. What were you talking about, Scott? <laughs> this is no banger. Joking guys, joking, joking. We're glad that you back. Same. You here listening to us? Mm-hmm. We're glad you took some time out of your day to listen to our incredible voices. Yeah. <laughs> some words of wisdom spread upon. We're glad that you're actually listening to a podcast. Yeah. It's actually really important not to consume so much, guys. Don't overconsume other people's opinions and lives and get indoctrinated by the feeling that your life is unfulfilling and really bad because you're looking at everyone else's highlights. Just remember that we are here on this planet to live our authentic version. Yes, ma'am. And if you constantly live on the basis of other people's portrayal of perfection, we will constantly feel unfulfilled. Therefore, please, I encourage you to watch less YouTube, less Netflix, consume less podcasts, read fewer books. I know it sounds a bit odd, but being able to... Okay, I'll... Just I'll wait, cut you right there wait. when you say they have to listen to less podcasts. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of cool podcasts that you can listen no, to instead is. of like going to Twitter and something, which is more informative than 100% social media. But what I'm trying to get to is like you have to be able to hone in with yourself and be able to distinguish what is someone else's opinion and what is your own truth. Okay. Um, and you can only do that by lessening your consumption of other people's opinions and other people's lives True. so i'm not saying go cut us out cold turkey don't stop listening to podcasts entirely guys <laughs> but don't stop at all don't stop at all mm-hmm. yeah just but, listen to the relevant ones yeah find curate. and also sorry sorry i wanted to say this so mm-hmm. bad oh, i keep cutting you no, okay. and also listen to podcasts that you're not interested in yeah, You'll open your find mind. find a lot of interesting stuff that you thought you were not interested in. Very true. <laughs> so yeah, yes, you, you can continue. Yeah, so today, um, kind of jumping off of this topic. Yeah, we, we haven't started already, but we're dropping points. <laughs> we really just wanted to speak about society. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's such a huge discussion because we're all a part of it. There's not one person that's not a part of society. Even if you're making a conscious effort for it to be off the grid you're still somehow affected by society totally. um, so it's a very relevant topic and there's so many interesting layers to society um, it's not just like this one small concept it's something that if you guys have any questions you can leave it at the end of the podcast and we can discuss more in depth and different aspects of what society is and our opinions of it because it's just like an onion it's one of those beautiful topics that can consistently be unfolded yeah so (laughs) we i actually recently read a book which i highly recommend everyone who's open to something like this um to read it's called the four agreements and it speaks all about the domestication of society like of us as human beings and Mm -hmm. how we 
as children are taught by our parents who were taught by their parents and by societal structures to be a certain way it's literally based on when i say domestication i know it sounds weird because that's normally what we do to our pets or just to animals but what's interesting is if you think about the way we were raised we were raised on a punishment and reward system which is exactly what we do with our animals we tell them that they're good boys and good girls when they do something well and they we give them a treat i mean I don't know about you guys, but how many people have been raised by being rewarded by their parents through food or by love? Like we're still being rewarded somehow. And if we're... Do you think that is good? No, I just think it's a really interesting concept to think about. And it also helps you uncover a lot of um, trigger warning. But like if you suffer from any eating disorder like a lot of the time it really stems back from your childhood I suffered from binge eating for so many years because I never really uncovered the fact that I was so heavily reliant on being rewarded through food and that continued throughout my adulthood Um, so I rewarded myself through food and that ended up leading into a really terrible when you say when you say reward or well, like what are you talking about like so like how they how parents reward you by doing a good thing so like let's say like as a kid a few grades got some few a's yeah it could be that it could just be like you doing like your chores and then yeah. your parents are like okay like that's so good of you but if you're naughty in their eyes or you don't follow the societal norm then you get told that you're a bad kid um because you're not following what they have been told is good qualities in a human being um if you're too much to handle or if you're too much of one thing then they don't deem you to be entirely like a good child because you're breaking out of what their comfort zone is of knowing of what a good child is supposed to be so you get punished and therefore you get you have you try and mold into a standard of what you think would get you accepted and validated by society Mm. um i hear you i hear you i totally hear you but i feel like this podcast is just gonna be me opposing everything that you said, <laughs> which is not true. But um, I agree at the same time I don't uh, what you basically saying, because mm. I feel like it's really important for for a parent to actually domesticate us, as you said, mm. in a not in a like a better way. Mm. Um, like you need those rules. Like you need to be rewarded sometimes. Like. Yeah. As a, as you made an example with a with a with a dog that we basically like domesticate our, our mm. pets and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know when a, when you still like a pet training a dog or whatsoever, like you need to give it structures. Do, yeah, those like yeah. type of uh, instructions, and when they've done that instructions correctly and well, you need to like give them those treats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You kind of leaning them in a correct path. Then but be... isn't that your perception of correct then? I mean, it is. I don't want my dog to pee inside the house. So I'm giving it that particular rule of, oh, you need to basically pee outside. Mm-hmm. Why are you done peeing outside? Then I'm going to give you a treat, like, good boy, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with humans. I don't want you to 
still other people's whatsoever or I don't want you to like have bad grades or something every yeah. parent needs like their child to have like high grades and stuff like that and after getting those a a a plus on your report definitely I'm going to give you that certain reward like well mm-hmm. done but if you did something wrong and you're like I don't know you basically did something wrong I'm not going to give you a reward mm-hmm. um it's basically me teaching you the structure or the rules how to basically do stuff because when you the society because if you're going to be outside there mm-hmm. and you're going to disrespect people and stuff like that you know who they're going to blame your parents they're going to mm-hmm. say this child or whoever was not treated um was not raised properly, was not raised properly at home so I think you need those rules. You not, need those yeah. um, rewards until you in a certain stage whereby you've uh, got that foundation going. Mm-hmm. Then you can do whatever that you want to do with your life. No, I completely agree. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be quote unquote domesticated for the society. I was just bringing up the point of how interesting it is, how we are raising our children based on the beliefs not of what is intuitively correct for them and for you but more so based on like a societal structure of like the society has been like every child kind of needs to fall into this category of this type of person blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. there's like a foundation like a mold of what every child should fall into and i was more so saying is how interesting it is that we we all tell our children from a young age what is right and what is wrong based on the, that mold I'm not saying it's wrong okay just, give an example maybe i understand your point when you like you give out an example like when we give our kids like this is wrong this is right or maybe i don't understand you I'm no clearly. you understood me correctly uh, I, I was just saying as i'm not saying that you shouldn't be domesticated i was just bringing up the point of how interesting okay. it is that we do do something like this with our children um and it's kind of unconsciously it's not like you think about the fact that every other child in your class was kind of semi-taught similar things Mm -hmm. as you and you feel like you're going on this internal struggle all alone but when in actuality is there's like hundreds and thousands of kids that are going through the same struggle because we're all being forced to fit like a certain mold because that is what society prefers oh no i hear you yeah no um, I so it's not good or bad it's yeah. just this is what the society needs to flourish okay. it's like in human design yeah. it's like the type of human design that is of this current society is generators this 70 percent of us on this population are generators which means that if you're a projector or if you're a manifesto or if you're a reflector you're going to struggle a lot more to fit into this mold of society and how our society actually functions Mm. it's kind of that's what i was talking about that's a whole different tangent which we can talk about a whole nother time (laughs) no i hear you especially when you point pointed like that it's like we are uh being made to be particular people Mm. uh, by our parents uh, unconsciously without even them realizing yeah, it yeah that's the, that's a really important part is that they're not even conscious of it either yeah um so it's never a blame game i don't want anyone to think that we're blaming anyone it's just how interesting it is yeah 
it's about in the end of the day like us our generation or anyone who's still thinking of having a child to become conscious of mm. their own traumas and of their own cycles that they, that they don't necessarily project it onto their kids in an unhealthy manner it makes me think what's like normal yeah because like what's the norm especially mm. if the structure was not there like yeah when yeah. you were just born you can be whatever that you want to be mm. without getting any foundation from your parents and stuff like that mm-hmm. that would be really interesting yeah. i if, wonder how the world would actually look like if every child had to raise themselves intuitively as in like being raised be, by nature yeah the same thing as like when what's this like snakes mm-hmm. when they were basically born they need to figure out what like what's super going on also turtles um, are the same. Yeah. Mm. So imagine not being taught by your parents what you need to do, yeah. but being taught by the environment that you're in. Um, everyone has no like bias, uh, consciousness going on. Mm-hmm. You just gotta figure out what's wrong or right. It would be very interesting. I think mm. like navigating life would be a little bit more complex in the way of not having guidance would mean that you'd have to figure everything out yourself which would mean that everything else everything that you have to figure out would take such a long time yeah. and i think that's a huge reason why we like forms communities is no, through def- com- yeah yeah continue. through community like we can teach our like our youth more and that they would have to go through less turmoil mm. to be more knowledgeable sooner than what we were true um, time time would definitely wouldn't be a thing yeah, and a lot of things will change like mm-hmm. some of the things that we're going through now like school and stuff like that most of them wouldn't be important as mm-hmm. they are now because mm-hmm. now you have the structure of like okay cool now and yeah. it's a study and it's to do this and it's to do that but if you just born him like i just need to fucking explore the world mm-hmm. that's what i want to do that's the whole thing is like everyone's concept of time is finite so we have this perception that time is linear and that mm, mm. tomorrow is a couple of hours and it's on a different time than today when actuality it's all just one moment yeah filming. yeah and i actually it's kind of wild yeah <laughs> it's wild it's the same thing as like when you reach um december like the, the 31st mm-hmm. then you hit like uh 2022 everything just feels different yeah it's like oh now I'm in a new world and I'm like I'm I'm a changed person I'm gonna do this yeah like generally feels different like you just entered a new life yeah. which is actually not true eh yeah it's no. just your mind telling you that oh it's I've, the same thing as a birthday yeah we're just like we think that something's gonna change but in actuality everything's still the same it's mm. just our perception mm. of it but to quickly jump back to what I was saying with time is. Um, there was a study done, as we, a lot of us probably know, is a good time ago, people were living easily 170 years plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because we didn't have that limiting belief of us having finite amount of time, which to go so to continue on like that concept of if we weren't born with like a societal structure, we would have probably also been living so much longer because we don't have this concept of, oh my gosh, we have a life expectancy of like 85 and then we're gonna die. Because we have that expectation, we kind of manifest it and draw it into ourselves. Like if you constantly tell yourself, 
okay, by the age of 65, I'm going to start aging and I'm going to get really sick and I'm not going to be able to see really clearly. And if you keep telling yourself these stories over and over and over, you're basically manifesting you're it basically into reality. You're basically it, yeah. Yeah. So back if we didn't have any of those things, like if we didn't have anyone old around us for us to be fearful of aging we probably never would really allow not allow but our cells wouldn't really recognize illness in that manner where we create illness within ourselves um and age it wouldn't be the same concept as how we're accustomed to it now which would be so interesting because i feel like our perception of time would be so different but at the same time our perception of our human experience would also be so much more sensual and sensory based instead of living from the constant state of fear really yeah because um, as much as we all like to believe that we don't live from a state of fear we really all do we all live in the state of not having enough money to really perform in society because our society runs off of money if you don't have enough money you can't have a house which means you can't deal with your basic needs um and anyone that went to high school knows the hierarchy of needs <laughs> and our basic ones are home water food like some of us all joked in high school and said wi-fi was also part of that <laughs> but you get it it's like we run off of fear because that is what suppresses us in the end of the day and there's an it's a fun old theory um, that I'm sure most people are aware of, which is this whole concept of like the Illuminati is making us run off of fear so that they can suppress us, so that they we can be more manipulatable to kind of do their bidding and they can just sit at the top and enjoy what it's like to truly live a life where we're just kind of like automatic beings living out um, a projection of what they need us to do instead of what we want to intuitively do and live as so yeah it's society is a complex being <laughs> it is it is but what's um, fun about it is really is like there's so much that we don't know about it I feel like there's so many hidden truths but what's great is we can explore what could possibly come in the future and we can like try and curate a life once we've become aware of it to um how we want to align ourselves in the future and i know you have a lot to say about the future of where society is going <laughs> now besides that i wanted to ask you um yeah. since we were talking about the structure and if the structure was not there how the world would look yeah. like yeah. and but now we kind of cannot change that because the structure is already there yeah so looking how you were born like you used to do like kid stuff you know you didn't have tiktok you didn't have mm. instagram you didn't have any of that when we were kids yeah let's just clarify that <laughs> yeah so you did like what kids would do you'd go to the park you'd go for mm. a swim you'd go play mm. like you'd do some kid stuff Mm-hmm. At the age of 14, you still do some kid stuff. 100%. Um, I used to stop pretend that I was an airbender up until the age of like 18. Hectic, okay. <laughs> you shouldn't have like said that, that's weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, pointing that out is that 
um, looking at now, looking at a uh, eleven year old or a twelve year old mm-hmm. is on about like securing the bag. It's a very uh, early age. It's not a bad thing. It's not, not a bad little, thing at yeah. all. Uh, kids are getting smarter. Yeah. And the scary part is that they're getting smarter and they're discarding whatever that is not bringing money. Yeah. It, they're basically doing stuff just to acquire money all the time. Like mm-hmm. everyone is thinking about the bag and forgetting what it means to be a kid. Mm. And they hit 25 or whatsoever and they're like, flip, I didn't do anything as a kid at all. Yeah, you reach burnout if you do that so much. So, um, what do you, on your side, like in 2040, what do you think the world will look like as like a 14-year-old? What would a 14-year-old be doing? Are they going to be doing some kid stuff? Damn, I think this is such a interesting question because I think the way that I want to raise our kids is very different from what I expect the world to be like um I read a really interesting novel which is Dan Brown's book called Origin which if you haven't read it and you don't want to know the ending I'm sorry I'm going to spoil it now (laughs) and it's basically how we're growing into a new species we're not we're not growing into the new species dominating species is going to arise outside of humans which are basically going to be cyborgs that's like human and tech together right Mm -hmm. um so i do think there is that opportunity for cyborgs to be more prevalent maybe not to the extent of like sci-fi movies um but I think there's going to be two extremes. I think there's going to be one extreme that is going to kind of disregard technology to a certain extent. And then there's going to be other people that's totally going to adopt it and like absorb it into the life where we've already kind of seen it. Like people have smart houses. Okay, but then you didn't answer my question. No, I'm getting there. I just think it's like what it's going to be like as a 14-year-old is you're you're going to be on the edge of either one of them. So if you're in this like society filled with technology, you're going to be totally disconnected from mother nature. Um, and you'll be absorbed at a much younger age in what your career is going to be. I feel like at a, we're kind of going to go into like the route that China's taken, whereas like we train our kids from the ages of three or four mm-hmm. to be in a certain career. Um, and the main focus will be to kind of like make money and prosper in society. Everything will be society validation based. Yeah. And the it's other... happening now. Like no, a lot of suicides are happening there um, mm. because of this thing. Yeah. Uh, structuring someone at an early age to be a particular person mm. without them even thinking about do I actually like this yeah. and they're only going to figure out when they're old mm. and they're going to be like oh I actually don't like what I'm doing Yeah, this thing was basically plucked in my head since I was a kid that mm. I need to do this certain thing yeah. and talking about the future AI 
is here. AI is here to stay, and it's yeah, really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna spoil so much, so I'm just gonna tell you guys to go and watch um, uh, a net a documentary on Netflix called uh, "Coded Biases." Is it coded biases or code biases? I think it's coded, coded biases. biases. Yeah. yeah. So they they talk about like the whole coding journey and stuff like that. How AI can be so scary to a point of by there are no rules. Um, anyone can code an AI mm. if you know how to code an AI. I'm not saying that there should be a specific person that codes an AI or stuff like that because mm. it wouldn't it wouldn't help with the uh, point that I'm actually trying to raise is that there are a lot of biases happening when people code particular algorithms. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of um, sexism happening there. There's a lot of racism, racism happening there. There's yeah. a lot of, just a lot of stuff um, that affects the society that we live in. Mm-hmm. A particular person can, I remember on the coded biases, they, they talked about um, there was a, uh, uh, someone coded uh, an algorithm whereby you need to send your application there and then it checks if you're going to get the loan or not, uh, or bond, the house bond or not. And most of the women they didn't go, didn't get uh, the bond uh, because they were women and most men did. Um, it's because what? A lot of people, the person that coded the whole algorithm was biased. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, obviously, uh, an algorithm lands and lands and lands. But AI, what people don't understand is that AI is just a bunch of databases um, teaching uh, an algorithm like memory. You can show it like two pictures of a, of a cow, 100 pictures of a cow in different shapes and stuff like that. You can be like, this is a cow. Then it's definitely going to say, when you put a dog in a car and say which one is a car, it's definitely gonna say this is a car. Yeah. That's the same thing with biases. You're gonna teach an, an algorithm that women shouldn't get this type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna learn and learn and learn from that and it's just gonna affect the society. Mm-hmm. So what's scary is that there are no rules. Mm-hmm. When people talk about AI is gonna destroy and stuff like that, uh the world, they're not talk they do not talk about there will be robots like what we see on TV. Mm. Like there'll be robots shooting people and stuff like that. That might happen, but what's gonna affect us is that the rules that need to be there, the law mm. that needs to be in place. Because now the law is more behind what than what AI is capable capable of. Yeah, and a lot of people are they are not aware of it, mm. and it might affect us in the future. It might. A biased black person might build an AI just to not satisfy everyone else but themselves. A white person might mm. produce an AI that's not going to satisfy anyone else, just them. Mm. Um, so there must be some laws that whenever you, you code a certain thing, this is su- supposed to happen. This mm. thing should be, shouldn't be biased like this. Mm. This thing shouldn't invade other people's privacy like this. Mm. There must be a stop. Because if you don't have those laws in, in there, that thing is going to continue and continue to a point whereby you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. And that is what is going to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 
that's how I see the world, how it's gonna be if there are no laws mm. that are happening. But at the same time, I'm excited about hundred percent the technology that is gonna be there. Um, I keep saying this all the time. Um, I know I'm saying this because I do it. I'm a coder, so and like in the next ten years, there will be jobs that need people how that know how to code. Mm. So just take it as a hobby, a, a, a little bit of a hobby. Like just learn how to code and stuff like that. Be aware of what's happening. Mm. Uh, in the market to be aware of what's happening around you the technology that is evolving mm. evolving because you're gonna be extinct while you're still alive if you don't upgrade With the times. your knowledge mm. um, it's just a, it's like a huge fear for a lot of people because I feel like you're pretty much like an early adopter of technology because mm. you're so into it like for you it's kind of like second nature to like really love technology and you teach yourself about it i mean not only are you a coder but you're actually like into like the tech world yeah. um and for those of us who aren't necessarily it's a really scary like concept of technology kind of being just like the way forward entirely true because it feels almost like a sensory deprivation type of thing it's like you feel like you're using technology to communicate so you're no longer seeing people face to face you're losing that like connection with another person mm, now mm. You, all of our money is on a card nothing is really cash not nothing it's just cash isn't really normal anymore it takes away that like physical touch away from stuff that we don't have like a connection with a lot of things anymore the same way we used to but as you mentioned it's like it's really important for us to adapt to the yeah. new times if we want to otherwise we'll as you said like be extinct i love that what you said it's like be extinct while you're still alive um but yeah i just think it's like for me because like i'm not really into like tech that much if it was like up to me i wouldn't have wi-fi and i definitely wouldn't have like any technology in my room ever because um, now you have a wi-fi monitor yeah. Three laptops, <laughs> a PlayStation, Wi-Fi, and everything. This is why we compromise in love, guys. <laughs> it was very, it was really a lovely partner. But yeah. like for me, it's like the concept of adopting a lot of technology is really invasive um, to like who I am and how I enjoy living my life, really. Mm. But I also understand the value in it. And I think that's why I was so eager for us to buy into crypto because i saw the value in it for future prospects definitely definitely um but it's also it's like it's really about for those of us who aren't comfortable with technology i just want to give you a word of comfort that you must just find someone who you truly trust and converse with them in different topics and find out what's happening in the market and through that you'll figure out what you're comfortable exploring Um, you know yeah. You know, my math teacher used to say, people are afraid of math because they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. We are so afraid of things we don't understand. Things we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And we tend to give a little bit of hate. Yeah. Um, it's because it's different from what we're exactly, comfortable with. Exactly. Yeah. We're, and we have that concept of like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
So if you hop into a new environment, especially when it comes to tech, you are not familiar with, it's either you're going to like it, and if you don't understand it, you, you're going to hate it. You, you wouldn't want it in your life. So that's what I see when it comes to people. Maybe they do not understand it. And some of them, they do understand it and they see the positive impact that it, it is bringing and also the negative effects that it's actually bringing. Um, because you get more absorbed into tech, electricity, electro, whatever, and, and you forget the world, the real world that you're in. Um, remember, uh, there's a movie on Netflix that kind of shows how tech is going to be. Um, I forgot the name, but they were, they were living in a world whereby they were poor and stuff like that, but the tech was high tech. It was like high tech. And they are using this ARV. Oh, um, um, said ARV. <laughs> the, the VR set. The, yeah, the, the, VR the set. movie with the gamer. Yeah. Um, Oh. Yeah, I forgot the name. Um, what they do there is that they live in a different world uh, through tech. Yeah, okay. like, I think something like that. <laughs> yeah. So they live in a world like that and they forget what they actually need to do. Mm. Um, the important stuff that they basically need to work on. Mm. And they live in a fantasy. Yeah. That's what people are afraid of. Yeah. Um, that's what people that's what another people are actually excited about yeah. um, being of, outside of this reality that they're in yeah. um, which is scary yeah it's pretty sad to think that you kind of are so disconnected from like life I'm talking mm-hmm. about like life outside of like your job and like trying to build yourself in a, from a societal ranking point of view mm-hmm. and actually just living intuitively and like enjoying nature which is one of the few things that we still have from um like quite unquote like the beginning of earth <laughs> yeah you know what's wild is that we're growing so much and society is folding us into two different people the people that are into nature and the people that are into tech. Mm. Um, and we cannot live without uh, one another, mm. but we want to be so separate mm. at the same time. Mm. We um, both desire to be a part of each other, as in like me, I feel so strongly called to being in nature all the time. Mm. Um, and like. I don't think I'd be able to thrive at all in a city that doesn't have technology. An, yeah, that doesn't have technology or nature. I yeah. would feel very imbalanced if I lived off the grid entirely, but I would also feel in way more imbalanced if I lived in a city that was far away from nature, where there was nothing natural around me, no mountains, no, no ocean. Yeah. That's um, why I say I just want to live in the forest. With his Wi-Fi. Yeah, <laughs> that was the perfect amount of connection. <laughs> yeah, just Wi-Fi. Yeah. So yeah, we need to basically coexist. We do, and I mean, 
This is what mutualism is about. <laughs> and if you Especially ever doubt it, Scott and I are exact perfect examples. Yeah, we are <laughs> different people. We are different people, but at the same time, we can coexist so harmoniously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you are a nature person. Like you we complement one another really Nature, well. like that is, and it's not. I don't hate anything about nature. I'm mm. always there. I'm also yeah. loving what nature gives me. Mm. But at the same time, I'm into tech, yeah. like religiously. Yeah, And that's where I get to, as we explained in the beginning of the podcast, it's like never be fearful of other people's opinions and always continue to consume it to broaden your mind. Mm. And that was the beautiful thing with my relationship with Scott is he's taught me so much about the beauty of technology because there is so much beauty that it actually can bring you in your life. Um, you can be rich in one day. <laughs> yeah. And buy that forest that you want. <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy a forest. I want to buy a forest and with a, a piece of ocean. Piece of <laughs> That's ocean. Kind of a so you just want to buy a flipping ocean. <laughs> just take it with you. No. How I want like the sand part. I want the beach That is so selfish. <laughs> My God. What are fishes going to live, huh? No, I want the fishes there too. And the humans? Mm. You don't want them there. You're so greedy. I will... No, I'm not greedy. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, it is really important to remember that we can coexist and you're not going to always be like yeah. one or the other. We're just more so saying it's like one is going to be more dominant in your desires. So like as Scott even mentioned, it's like he loves nature and he comes into nature, swims and he goes for hikes and he connects with it. But for him, his dominating desire is to be surrounded with technology. Yeah, you shouldn't be... Just one. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it would be too much of an imbalance. Don't take sides. Yeah, it's like having too much masculinity or too much femininity energetic-wise in your body. It's not healthy. Yeah. You have to try and get to some form of balance. Very rarely will you ever get to a 50-50 balance of anything in your life. We're just saying is try to get closer as close as possible really because it's not healthy living in that those extremes yeah. um, just enjoy doing what you want you like mm. and just hop into new things <laughs> teach yourself new things every day yeah we also we have i have a great thing that i do which i highly recommend anyone else to do who struggles with stuff like this is keep a list somewhere in your home of um, new, new things, things that you do every month. Every month. Yeah, and yeah. you just, as you do it, you write it down. Um, put it somewhere accessible so that you can write it down whenever something does occur. I keep mine in my journal. Um, it is just, it's a way of encouraging, expanding your mind and your interests and also just figuring out who you are because you'll never know until you try. You'll never know until you try. You heard it from dead hair kids. <laughs> and on that so, note. <laughs> on that note, I hope you had a good one. Um, thanks for joining in. Thanks for taking your time and absorbing our lame opinions. <laughs> um, I hope you have a good, good one. And may... The Mother Act bless you and don't forget to make a wish.
when time is 11 11 kids Aww. have a good one enjoy guys thanks ciao, ciao.